This episode of the Case for Safety podcast is sponsored by Safety Focus, ASSP's premier hybrid education event. Join us for Safety Focus September 18th through the 22nd in Arlington, Virginia, and online to gain in-depth training on important safety topics and collaborate with expert instructors and fellow safety professionals. Learn more and register at safetyfocus.assp.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. I'm your host, Scott Feller. Thank you so much for joining us today for a conversation about ergonomics in the workplace. Going to be diving into a lot of different aspects about how to assess the ergonomics on your job site and how to improve conditions for workers. And uh, joining me for that conversation, I'm very happy to welcome Anuja Patil. Anuja is Risk Control Product Consulting Director, Ergonomics at CNA Insurance and Administrator of ASSP's Ergonomics Practice Specialty. Anuja, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here and uh, talking about ergonomics, which I can say is my first love. Glad to hear it. Excited for our conversation. Let's get started. So I thought we could set the foundation for the rest of our conversation by kind of talking about, you know, why it's paramount for employers to prioritize proper ergonomics to ensure their workforce's safety and well-being. That's a great question, Scott. I think one of the things we need to remember that Proper ergonomics not only prevents injuries and discomfort, but it also enhances productivity. You know, by designing workspaces and tasks that align with the human body's natural mechanics, we reduce strain, fatigue, and the risk of long-term health issues. By eliminating a lot of these wasteful motions, we also improve process efficiency, as well as decision-making, which helps us reduce errors and improve quality of the tasks being performed and the product being made. A safe and healthy workforce is a motivated and efficient workforce. Very, very true. Now, I wonder uh, from there if we kind of talk about, you know, some of the hazards and risks that can arise, you know, when ergonomics take a backseat in, in the workplace. Absolutely. So that is a critical aspect to dwell into. When ergonomics is neglected in the workplace, it's not just about discomfort, right? It's a cascade of risks that can impact total worker health, product quality, and task efficiency, as I mentioned before. First and foremost, the well-being of the workers is compromised. Uh, you, you can have a poor ergonomics workstation or work setup that can lead to musculoskeletal disorders, strains, or chronic pain. Now, these physical discomforts not only cause you to you know, be in discomfort pain all day, but it can also escalate to serious health issues over time. We have all experienced aching backs, you know, but these aching backs, strained wrists and fatigued shoulders not only affect your comfort, but it can also lead to stress, decrease morale and negatively influence your mental health. This holistic perspective of total worker health is essential because a content and healthy workforce is better equipped to contribute positively to their task and overall workplace environment. We can also look at the impact and how it doesn't just stop there, right? Neglecting ergonomics can also have a direct bearing on product quality. Workers who are uncomfortable or in pain are more likely to make errors or be less precise in their work. Whether it's assembling integrate parts or packaging products with attention to detail, discomfort hampers concentration and precision. 
This can result in defects, rework, and a decrease in the consistency of the products being produced. Subpar quality not only affects customer satisfaction, but it also adds to cost because you're now you know, looking into wastage, corrective measures, things like that. With that, we can talk about you know, the other aspects of this whole thing about you know, the hazards and risk and how ergonomics takes a backseat in the workplace, right? What happens? Task efficiency and productivity take a hit when ergonomics are overlooked. This can start from you know, employee discomfort or strain when performing tasks. It will slow down the pace of the tasks being performed. It can also lead to repetitive motion injuries. That's kind of one thing that comes to our mind when we talk about ergonomics, right? But what we don't think about is the indirect aspect of it, like extended recovery times, more downtime, disruption of workflow, especially when we are talking about a workforce that is very, it's an expert workforce or th there's a task that they are working that, you know, is not easily cross-trainable. So a well-designed ergonomic setup facilitates smoother movements, reducing the time taken to complete tasks and enhancing overall productivity. To sum it up, when ergonomics takes a backseat, it's not just a matter of personal comfort. It's a chain reaction that affects total worker health, product quality, as well as task efficiency. Prioritizing ergonomics isn't just about avoiding discomfort, you know, even though that seems to be the first thing that comes to our mind, right? But it's also about fostering a thriving, efficient, and healthy workplace that benefits both the workforce and the organization as a whole. Right. A lot of really great points there for, for folks to remember. Now, for those safety professionals out there, you know, you want to kind of get a handle on, you know, where their program currently is, you know, how can, you know, safety professionals and employers, you know, kind of accurately assess the current state of, you know, the ergonomics in their tasks, processes and procedures? Yeah, I, just, I can go on and on about this one, but I'll try and summarize and, you know, keep it short so we can take like some main points from this conversation. Most times it starts through thorough ergonomic evaluations. Safety professionals can observe workstations, gather feedback from employees and employ tools like ergonomics assessments and risk matrices. These insights will then help you identify areas that need improvement and inform you on targeted interventions. So you're not just you know, going around fixing whatever comes in your vision for the first time. You, you have a plan and you are informed on what risks need to be worked on. With AI and technology, and we can talk more about this later, we can process large amounts of data and that can help us make better informed decisions for ergonomics risk management. In the past, safety professionals would have to take a lot of videos and spend considerable amount of time performing risk assessment and calculations to determine accurate risk scores. Now, with AI, that has, you know, that has become very easily managed, right? Another way of looking at what to do when you're starting off your ergonomics process and you're trying to assess what the current state is, consider ergonomics focused gap analysis uh, to determine the status of your program and where you can augment and dedicate resources. Employers should also maybe consider using professional ergonomists if they don't have in-house help to help develop ergonomics policy development, strategic development of in-house expertise, things like that. Okay, now, once you kind of have uh, a better handle on the current state of your ergonomics program, what are some actionable steps that safety professionals can take to you know, address the issues they've identified and enhance ergonomics within their workplaces? 
So safety professionals can look at doing some of the traditional approaches where we looked at ergonomics training, encouraging workstation customization, and things like promoting frequent breaks and stretching, collaborating with employees to implement their insights, leveraging ergonomics tool that can make a significant difference in creating a more productive environment. But in the end, it's all about productivity and prevention. Safety professionals play a crucial role in fostering ergonomic excellence within workplaces. And the most powerful approach is through the concept of prevention through design. So we can talk a little bit about that, Scott, about prevention through design and specifically with ergonomics, what are some actionable steps that we can take, right? So the first step I would like to summarize is to involve ergonomics early in the process. Safety professionals can work closely with design and engineering teams to ensure ergonomic considerations are integrated into the planning phase of the new project task or workspace. Uh, by factoring in ergonomic principles from the outset, potential issues can be identified and resolved even before they rise. And this has a big impact on cost. We all know, you know, trying to change a process after the equipment or the workflow has been decided, it's it's not only the time consumed, it's also the cost required. And many a times that becomes a barrier in implementing the change. Conducting ergonomic risk assessments. Safety professionals can perform ergonomics risk assessments on tasks, processes, and workspaces and help identify potential ergonomic hazards. These assessments will provide the foundation for designing work environments that prioritize safety and comfort. So, for example, you know, there may be a couple of plans that you are working on and there's a new plant that is going to be in place. So if you already know the pain points that you have seen from ergonomics perspective at plant A, B, and C, when plant D is being uh, conceptualized, you can provide a better picture to, you know, the engineering designers as well as, you know, your management as to why things need to change if you have done those ergonomics risk assessments at your existing plants. Implementing ergonomic guidelines and you can't, you know, most safety professionals, um, they may be like a small team or sometimes just, just one person who's doing a lot of other things. So one approach that you can do is you can develop and enforce ergonomic guidelines within the organization itself. So you can collaborate with stakeholders to create clear, actionable guidelines for workstation setup, task techniques, uh, you know, and these guidelines can act as a roadmap for employees to follow promoting consistent ergonomic practices across the organization. You can also, you know, further expand that collaboration with the design and engineering teams or production teams within your organization to help bridge the gap between different departments uh, and fostering collaboration between safety, design, and other teams that are out there. By sharing these insights and expertise, Ergonomic considerations will become an integral part of the design process, ensuring that workstations, tools, and equipment are optimized for ergonomics. You want to educate and train. It's a key step that you need to kind of keep your focus on. Educating employees about ergonomics importance, training on proper techniques. You can organize workshops, seminars, training sessions that empower workers to identify ergonomics issues, as well as take proactive measures to address them. And you want to close the loop, right? You want to have regular evaluation and adaptations to make sure this process of yours is doing well. So ergonomics needs to evolve and safety professionals need to conduct regular evaluations of the ergonomics measures already in place 
Now, this may be a particular piece of equipment or work process that has been changed, or it might just be a written program that needs to be updated based on feedback from employees, changing work environments, and you want to keep making these adjustments uh, throughout the years. Usually, people do annual review of their program or buy annual, like every two years, review the program, things like that. The philosophy of prevention through design transforms the workplace into a space that promotes health, safety, well-being right from the offset. So safety professionals wield the power to integrate ergonomic excellence into the DNA of their organizations and thus preventing discomfort, injuries, as well as inefficiencies in the process. Right, sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the collaboration there. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But something you uh, you mentioned earlier is, you know, things like AI and the technological advancements. So we could talk a little bit more about that. And, you know, some of the emerging trends and innovations you've seen in ergonomics, you know, that have the potential to reshape different industries. Absolutely. You know, we are witnessing the fusion of AI sensors and data analytics to create personalized ergonomic solutions motion capture software, wearable devices that track posture, fatigue, and heat stress, and provide real-time feedback coupled with VR, virtual reality simulations for workplace optimization. They're all among the cutting-edge advancements that we are seeing. These innovations have the potential to redefine how we interact with our environment and enhance overall well-being and productivity. Hey, they may actually just, you know, eliminate my job, but uh, I, I remain hopeful. With the new technology, we can process large amounts of data and make really better informed decisions for ergonomic risk management. Some examples is in the past, I spoke about this earlier, the safety professional would have to take a lot of videos and spend considerable amount of time performing risk assessment calculations to determine accurate risk scores. Now, obviously, there was a lot of advantage to being on the floor and talking to the employees about their task and talking to them about, you know, how are some ways we can improve it. So we don't want to get away from that. But some of the time-consuming efforts associated with those risk assessments, now using, using Vision AI, we can look at large areas within a factory and determine the risk and essentially have a heat map to help us focus on developing solutions for the areas most in need. So, you know, what would probably take you three to four days of data collection, you could do it in a much lesser time, and then use the rest of your time to really focus on that solution development. This also helps us, you know, to do those comparative before and afters and really present a good visual picture for whoever your stakeholders are, because, you know, you ultimately want to get their buy-in to implement solutions. Perfect segue into my my next question. This is something you touched on earlier, the, you know, the importance of the collaboration in the workplace. So why don't we talk about that a little more, you know, how we can encourage collaboration between ergonomic experts, designers, engineers, you know, and, you know, all the different stakeholders to create more holistic solutions. First, we need to understand that when ergonomics is neglected, and I, I keep, I think I'm repeating myself, but I want to make sure that, you know, we really take away from that, that when ergonomics are neglected in the workplace, it's not just about discomfort. It's a cascade of risks that can impact total worker health, product quality, task efficiency, uh, you know, how your product is perceived as your, well as workplace is perceived socially. So, you know, it goes beyond that just discomfort part and injury part of things. And I think it's all about fostering a culture of open communication and shared goals. 
early on in my career, I attended a conference presentation on making the engineer your friend. And that had a profound impact on how I looked at implementing ergonomics in the workspace. You know, where you come from and how you develop those shared goals is very, very important because, you know, you're trying to get buy-in. And so how you go about getting it, it really will make or break your program. So organizing cross-disciplinary workshops, that's one way. Brainstorming sessions, you know, no one has the answers to every question, right? Uh, brainstorming sessions is a great way to kind of, you know, get everyone to collaborate and make sure you have contributed to the solution. And creating prominent platforms for idea exchange. All these can help break down silos and allow experts from different fields to contribute their unique insights. It's very important for us to kind of go in there with the open mindset where we take every solution that has been suggested and look at it and say, you know, very objectively how that would work. And if it wouldn't work, what needs to be changed to make that solution more appropriate for the situation? The synergy results in solutions that are both innovative and comprehensive and enhances the overall impact of ergonomic design. As safety professionals, we need to effectively communicate that when ergonomics takes a backseat, Again, it's not just about personal comfort and trying to kind of go beyond that outlook of just injury prevention and think more about overall product efficiency, product quality, task efficiency, and just trying to get the organization to have a shared goal when it comes to ergonomics. One of the really big elements of this, as you you touched on earlier, is, is the design. I'm curious, how can ergonomics, you know, contribute to the design of, you know, more inclusive and accessible spaces for for people with disabilities? Yeah, really good question, Scott. Uh, When we think about creating spaces that are inclusive and accessible, it's important to consider the needs of all individuals, including those with disabilities. That's where ergonomics comes into play. Ergonomics is, by definition, the study of designing products environments and systems that fit people who use them. It's all about making sure that the spaces are user-friendly and supportive of diverse abilities. Ergonomics contributes to the design of inclusive spaces in several crucial ways. For example, it focuses on optimizing the physical layout and arrangement of objects within a space, right? So for individuals with mobility challenges, this might mean wider pathways, lower countertops, strategically placed handrails, These adaptations essentially ensure that everyone can navigate the environment comfortably and safely. Now, this extends to design of furniture and equipment, which many a times comes to our mind first when we think ergonomics. So example here would be a workstation that's adjustable in height. This benefits people with different needs, whether it's a wheelchair user or someone of varying heights, right? Ergonomically designed furniture promotes comfort and prevents strain, benefiting everyone and particularly aiding those with physical limitations. When we have lighting, color schemes, and sound control, they also play a significant role at work. People who have like visual or auditory sensitivities may require specific lighting conditions or even reduce noise levels. Ergonomics addresses these factors, creating a more pleasant environment for everyone, regardless of their abilities. I mean, when you're working, if you have a lot of loud noise going there, and if you, you know, bring it to the ambient noise level that's acceptable for all, everyone benefits. Furthermore, technology is a crucial aspect of inclusive design. So ergonomics expands into that area too. So when you're looking at UI, UX, You know, we look at enhancing the usability of technology, making digital space and tools more accessible. 
things like screen readers, voice commands, tactile interfaces, they can empower individuals with disability to interact with technology seamlessly. We have to remember that incorporating ergonomics into design not only benefits those with disabilities, but also promotes more holistic well-being for everyone. When we prioritize comfort and functionality, we foster a sense of belonging and inclusivity, which positively impacts mental and emotional well-being. Very well said. That's really important for, for everybody to remember. And th thinking about, you know, how ergonomics fits into a safety and health management system, you know, so much about improving safety and health you know, is about being proactive as opposed to reactive. How can organization, you know, transition from, you know, reacting to a problem to fostering a culture of proactive ergonomics? Excellent question, Scott. And I think a pretty much all your listeners who are safety professionals will agree with me on this. It all starts with leadership commitment. So when management prioritizes employee well-being, it sets the tone for a proactive approach. And how do you go about doing that, right? How do you get your leadership commitment? That's the key. So one of the things we talked about earlier is regular ergonomic assessments, open communication channels, and empowering employees uh, to voice their concerns all contribute to a culture where ergonomics isn't just an afterthought, but a fundamental value. And as a safety professional, it kind of falls under your purview to make sure that these initiatives, these things that you're doing are presented to your leadership and you show them, you know, what all tasks you're doing as well as what improvements you have brought in place to kind of get that leadership commitment or continue that leadership commitment. This approach prevents issues before they escalate, leading to a healthier, more engaged workforce. We, we talked about this before through uh, proactivity and prevention. Um, it, it's all about that, right? Being there on that reactive end of the spectrum, you're not able to make the change that you think would be the most helpful in reducing the impact of poor ergonomics. Looking at that prevention through design aspects that we talked about, that is the key. And safety professionals play a crucial role in fostering those ergonomic excellence within those workplaces. And using that powerful approach of prevention through design really helps make your voice amplified. Anything else you'd like to add about uh, workplace ergonomics uh, steps to improve your uh, ergonomics program as, as we wrap up? I'll end with this. I mean, with ergonomics, it's it's a lot of maybes, right? Uh, so do the ergonomics risk assessment and use your uh, tribe, use your workforce, use your stakeholders to really problem solve when you're looking at implementing solution because you want everyone who is affected by that ergonomic issues to be involved in that solution implementation and solution development phase because you're going to get better buy-in and you're going to have that continuous improvement approach in it. So those are my final thoughts uh, about ergonomics but lots lots to come lots lots of uh, new things happening in this field so stay tuned well said yes as you noted with with ai and so many other things a lot of exciting things on the horizon that folks should uh, keep an eye out for well, uh, thank you so much again for coming on, Anuja. As you noted, this is something that really, you know, needs to be at, at the forefront for safety and health professionals and uh, employers to make sure they continue to have uh, a safe and healthy workforce. So I uh, really uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing your perspective. Thank you, Scott. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.